Know Your Food with Warty, episode 125. For links and more, visit the show notes at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 125. See you there. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Know Your Food with Warty. I'm Warty in Southwest Oregon, a traditional food blogger at ganalfglins.com and knowyourfoodpodcast.com. I'm glad you're here. This is the podcast where we're all about ditching those poisonous processed foods, breaking free from the conventional food paradigm, and instead embracing whole foods raised, saved, and prepared with traditional methods. It's fun, it's delicious, and it's healthy. You're on your way to looking good, feeling good, and most importantly, doing good. Hey everyone, I am so excited about today's podcast. I just can't tell you how excited I am. I'm trying. (laughs) This is going to be so fantastic. And um, the tip of the week totally applies. You'll find out why in a bit. The tip of the week, though, is about how to make over coffee drinks, either your favorite coffee drinks or you're browsing the internet and someone shows this like vanilla mint iced latte and then you look at the ingredients and you're like, oh, I can't have that. It either has cat coffee, which you're avoiding because of caffeine, or it might have sugar and you're avoiding sugar, or it has dairy and you can't have dairy, or it has evaporated milk maybe. Well, I'm going to help you make over your coffee drinks, whether it's one you already have a recipe or you run into one. Um, here's how. It's very simple, and it all hinges on substitutions because I can't promise this 100%, but virtually every coffee drink out there there is a healthy substitute for all the ingredients. So let's start with coffee itself, because that's the base. Well, instead of coffee, if you can't have coffee, or maybe you can have coffee, but not after 3 or 4 p.m. because otherwise you can't sleep, and so you want to have a drink in the evening, what are you going to have instead? Well, of course, you can use a store-bought coffee substitute. You could also brew some very strong black tea or oolong tea or rooibos or white tea. So it would go in the direction of a tea drink. I do that a lot. Um, And so basically, you're going to substitute something that you can have for the coffee. Another thing that you can do, you're going to hear about in this episode, is from Jessica Espinoza, who is the author of the brand new book, DIY Herbal Coffees. She has five base coffee recipes in there that use um, kind of coffee-tasting herbs with health benefits, like chicory, dandelion, milk thistle. We'll talk more about it. But of course, those recipes are up for grab too to give you your coffee base to substitute. Sweeteners. That's a huge issue with coffee drinks at Starbucks or homemade. Well, use your use whatever natural sweetener you can have. If it's maple syrup, if it's honey, if it needs to be stevia, just swap it out. I love using stevia. Um, and I love the Sweet Leaf brand, no aftertaste. If it's a coffee drink, I prefer to use the liquid stevia, then there's no worry at all about mixing in. And the final issue, big issue, with coffee drinks is the milk. So if you can't have dairy, well, let's say you can have dairy. So whatever milk they're calling for, you would just use your raw dairy. Um, but let's say you can't have dairy. So then you're looking at homemade milks, like almond milk, I love making hemp milk or um, coconut milk 
and coconut milk's a great option if you can't have nuts and seeds. So it's as easy as that. Substitute ingredients you can have for the ones in the recipe. Um, and then you will be enjoying homemade, really delicious coffee drinks that you can feel good about. Now I'm so excited to introduce you to my guest, Jessica Espinoza. You met her already on episode 68. She was my guest because she has a wonderful healing journey. Of course, the circumstances that led to her needing healing um, are not wonderful. I mean, who wants to be at the point where you need <laughs> lots of healing? But um, she's known for coconut being a huge part of her healing. She's known for giving up grains and gluten because that was another huge part of um, helping her with her uh, hormonal issues. And so I don't want to go into all of that, but if you want to hear the backstory on Jessica's healing journey, because she's come a long way, that's in episode 68. What we're going to talk about today has to do with one key part of that healing journey. Jessica loves coffee. And it wasn't the caffeine, as she'll tell you, it was more the experience and the taste of coffee. And when she embarked on her healing journey, her nutritional therapist said she needed to give up coffee. Well, um, it was just too hard to do, or I should say too hard to give up that taste. So what she did instead was come up with her own herbal coffee blends. And now she's at the point of releasing a brand new book, DIY Herbal Coffees. We'll talk about that too. And we're just going to talk about this experience of coffee um, and what she did about it and where she's taken it. It's really exciting because if you are a person who loves coffee and has had to give it up for one reason or another, you're going to find hope here and you're going to find things that you um, most likely really enjoy to drink. Um, the information, the, well, the show notes for this episode, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 125, or if you want to check out her book right now, it's knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash herbal coffee. And I'm going to turn now to my visit with Jessica, which is going to inspire you to get in the kitchen and start whipping up your own DIY herbal coffees. Thanks for joining me. Hi, I'm Morty, a traditional cooking expert and food blogger at traditionalcookingschool.com. For years, my family struggled with food-related health problems like eczema and food allergies, but we don't anymore. And I'd love to show you that preparing whole foods with traditional methods is easy, delicious, and super good for you too. So just go to traditionalcookingschool.com free, and I'll show you how easily you can do it too. I'll give you five free videos that include my favorite traditional cooking techniques, plus printable at-a-glance fact sheets as a handy reference. So if you're ready to start looking good, feeling good, and most importantly, doing good, then visit traditionalcookingschool.com free today. Hey, everyone. I'm here with Jessica Espinoza. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Wardy. Thank you for having me. Oh, this is going to be so fun. I'm so excited about what we're going to talk about. I just, um, I'm jumping up and down inside. If only you all could see me. <laughs> awesome. So, well, thank you. It's going to be so great. So you were a guest back on Podcast 68. We talked about your healing journey, which in and of itself was amazing. So thrilled for you, all the breakthroughs you've made in healing. Um, and we're just going to dive into one particular aspect of that that I think is going to be surprising for a lot of people, but it shouldn't be. Because when we heal and we're on different healing diets, we have to give up things. And one of those things for you was coffee. And 
herbal teas just didn't do it for you. So you dove into this adventure in finding um, really good DIY herbal coffees. And I just want you to talk a little bit about why herbal teas didn't cut it for you and how important that was to find something in your healing journey. Okay, absolutely. I, um, yeah, herbal teas. So, you know, I was never one to drink coffee for the caffeine rush. Um, I know a lot of people are addicted to the coffee because it gives them that boost. That was never the issue for me. Um, I have always joked to people that I could probably drink a six pack of Mountain Dew right before bed and I would be able to go to sleep just fine. So caffeine Mm. never really affected me. But for me, coffee, it was that experience of having something um, kind of bitter. And I always put, you know, coconut milk and a little bit of stevie in there. So it's like bitterness with the sweetness and the creaminess. And for me, it was like a full comforting experience. Like I remember working in an office. I used to be a major Starbucks addict. I mean, I would go to Starbucks at least once a day in the morning on my way to work to get a cup of coffee. Um, And then maybe sometimes on lunch too. And so I, uh, but there was something like soothing about that experience for me. So I always, I just always loved my coffee. So when I had to give up coffee, that was one of the first things that I um, had to give up uh, when I kind of started on my healing journey. And so I switched to herbal tea. I'd always drink herbal tea. I always drink iced tea and I love herbal tea and I still drink a lot of it, but it just didn't give me that same satisfaction and that sensory taste satisfaction that coffee did. So um, I knew there had to be something out there that would kind of replace that. And I think, you know, you touched on it when we, when you um, were talking in the intro, like when we're on these healing journeys and we have to do kind of restricted diets and we have to give up some of our favorite foods, I think there's some grieving and a little bit of stress that comes along with that because especially when you're on a super restrictive diet, you feel like you've had to give up everything that's good. You know, you can't eat dairy yeah. now and you can't eat gluten and you can't eat this and you can't eat that. And you're like, well, I just don't want to eat because <laughs> I can't eat any of my favorite foods. Um, Mm -hmm. so the reason that I talk about like my herbal coffees giving stress relief, I think it's because we miss that, that sensory comforting experience that we may associate with a cup of coffee and it does trigger some stress and it maybe triggers some resentment towards the whole process of having to even do a restricted diet. So for me, finding a solid replacement that gave me that same feeling was really important kind of for my mental health, uh, more than my physical health, I think just more a mental thing for me. So, um, so that's kind of how it started. And then, you know, there's a lot of coffee substitutes on the market. And so I've tried pretty much every one of them and none of them really had the richness or the, the darkness that I, that I wanted something was kind of lacking in the flavor of them. So I just kind of started experimenting, you know, chicory and dandelion have been used for coffee substitutes for a long time. Um, So I just kind of started experimenting with blending my own at home to see if I could get it as close to coffee tasting as possible. And so that's kind of how everything kind of developed from that, that need. I just, I needed something that satisfied my taste buds and that longing for that cup of coffee that I had to give up. So that kind of just kind of snowballed into, to everything else. So. Totally. I totally get that. I think it's so important. Um, My previous guest, Megan Stevens, a couple weeks ago, when 
you know, she's been on a gut healing diet, she and her family for four years. And she and I have been talked, we talked often, she's a dear friend. We talked often about how it's not just what you're eating, but it's the feeling and the emotions and the experience. And Mm -hmm. like you were saying, a very restrictive diet, when you have to give up so much, you don't want to eat anymore because everything you love to eat, which is more than taste, it's that experience, that mental thing, like you're talking about, you don't want to eat anymore when you can't eat anything that you really want to eat. So I can totally see how each of us probably has some food we feel that way about. And for you, coffee is one of those. So kudos to you for not giving up on that and for working <laughs> so hard and blending to give to, so you could still have that stress relief experience and continue, continue your healing journey. Um, so, so you're at this point now where you've developed these recipes for delicious herbal coffee substitutes. And I want to tell everybody, I've tried them because Jessica was actually selling the coffee blends themselves for about eight months online. We've tried them. We love them. However, you're not selling them anymore. So can you fill us in quickly on that story? Sure. Yeah. So I, um, yeah, I got enough requests that I decided to just launch a little Etsy shop and I really launched it not thinking that anybody would be interested in buying them. Um, and then the response was crazy overwhelming. So I launched that back in, um, at the end of November in 2014. And, um, So, I mean, everybody was just loving these coffees. So I really, I spent some time the first of the year kind of figuring out if I was going to, um, you know, pursue this, if I wanted to make this a big part of my business and really pursue bringing it to a wider market. So uh, part of my spring was spent working with um, some FDA consultants. And uh, these these are people, I think there was some confusion. You know, I wrote a a long blog post about why I decided to stop selling them. Um, and I think there was some confusion after that blog post, and maybe I can clear this up for, for anybody that's confused that's listening. Um, I wasn't actually targeted by the FDA. I think some people thought that the mm-hmm. FDA would come after me. That's not what happened. So um, what I had to do, if I was going to bring this to a larger market, I needed to make sure that my labeling met all of the, the food labeling requirements that the FDA sets forth for products. Um, you know, I had just had to make sure that all of my labeling, all of my marketing, everything was in line with the FDA requirements. And even though I don't agree with the FDA personally on a lot of their stuff, from a business standpoint, it's, you know, I can't uh, bypass that. I have to make sure I'm in compliance. So um, I really, I, you know, I decided to, to make a go of it. And so I worked with three different FDA consultants. And these are people who they don't work for the FDA, but they work with the FDA. So what they do for their job is they are ex- experts in labeling laws and, you know, the difference between foods and supplements and all of the requirements that you as a small business need to know in order to make sure you're compliant with FDA and everything's good to go. So I worked with three different um, consultants like that. And after all of our research, I mean, that whole process took about a month and a half, maybe two months. Um, And after that process, we came to the conclusion that it looks like my, uh, the coffees were going to have to be marketed as a supplement and categorized as a supplement rather than a food. Uh, Primarily the happy liver, because that adds in some burdock and some milk thistle. And I developed that specifically for liver support. Milk thistle has been used for liver support for, you know, thousands of years in the herbal medicine world. Um, So those were going to have to be pushed into a supplement category, which means it's different labeling. It's different production processes. I was going to have to find a 
a facility that met the requirements for producing a supplement and stuff like that. There's a lot of things that have to go into that. And um, so I, I was kind of up at this, this fork in the road. I had to make a decision whether or not I wanted to pursue a supplement business or if I wanted to just, you know, be thankful for the experience up to that point and then close down hmm. the shop. And so I spent a good month, maybe even two months, kind of working through this and trying to decide where I wanted to go. I had gotten very attached to this part of my business and I was excited to grow it. But ultimately when I looked, you know, five years down the road, running a supplement company was not where I wanted to be. And as you know, the state of supplements in the United States, they're constantly under attack. And I just could not see myself being able to handle that kind of stress, that potential stress Mm -hmm. um, very well. So I decided that that just was not the business for me. So I decided to close my shop um, effective August 1st of this year. And um, yeah, and that was, you know, I had to go through some grieving with that because I really, I had a lot of big plans for growing that part of my, my brand. And I, I had to go through a grieving process when I decided to let it go. (laughs) Um, And I just think it's so refreshing to hear from you now, just to put that in perspective, like, such a wise way of um, not only going into it, like wanting to be prepared so that you're not blindsided by um, if the FDA did come after you. I think that was really mm-hmm. responsible. And then just going after you yourself and, and evaluating it like, okay, well, if I have to be, if these have to be classified as a supplement, what's this going to look, what's my life going to look like in five years? And mm-hmm. when you juxtapose, okay, that's what it's going to be like in five years, or I could let it go now and take a different turn. It Mm -hmm. just sort of puts it all in perspective because you're not just, I mean, you've been on a healing journey and you want to stay on that. You don't want to lose Mm -hmm. that ground. You want to live a happy life. I mean, for many of us, the things that we do, we choose because um, it's about life, not just work, right? Right, So. So it totally makes sense. So for everyone who's listening, you might be thinking, oh, no, now I can't get this coffee. Well, that was kind of the bad news, but it wasn't really bad news because here's the good news. So, Jessica, tell us what you decided to do instead. Okay. So, um, and this was kind of a, just a spur of the moment idea that I had when I was brainstorming with one of my business partners and I had actually considered, I, you know, once I decided to shut down, I really didn't know what I was going to do with my formulas. I, I had a lot of people asking if I could just give it to them. I had a lot of people asking if I could put it in a blog post. I was even approached by a few people that um, wanted to potentially purchase the formula for me, and then they could take over manufacturing. They had a much bigger infrastructure and be able to, to deal with all of the, the supplement issues and that kind of stuff. And so I really, I didn't know what I was going to do. So I just kind of put everything on the back burner for a little while. And then um, I decided that I didn't want to sell my formulas to a different company that I, yeah, I didn't, I wasn't ready to give up my creation. So I decided to put everything together in um, a comprehensive herbal coffee blending guide. So I created, um, it's a digital resource, uh, you know, covers everything from, you know, why coffee and caffeine may not be good for your health. Um, all the way to including my actual proprietary formulas. So you would get the proprietary formula for the Clean Living and the Happy Liver Blend, which are the two blends that I was selling on my online shop and on Etsy. And then I've also included the formulas for three other blends that I had been working on 
that were in development at the time I decided to close down. I had hoped to release those later in 2015. And um, since, you know, that's not going to happen, I decided to include those in the book as well. So um, you get all of that. And then you get a ton of coffee shop inspired recipes so that you can kind of recreate that coffee shop experience from the comfort of your own home and using healthy ingredients that agree with your healing journey, whatever you mm-hmm. may be on. So, mm-hmm. And I want to congratulate you because it's a beautiful book. Um, it's you. laid out very well. Great, simple information, um, inspiring recipes. Um, just congratulations on that. Oh, thank um, you so much. And for listeners, if you want to check it out, the link for more info is knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash herbal coffee, or there's a link in the show notes, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 125 for episode 125. So Jessica, I want to talk a little bit about this whole um, coffee versus herbal substitutes issue. So in your book, you kind of summarize very well some of the negative aspects of drinking coffee. And I'm glad you make, I'm glad you make the point and recognize that, you know, there are huge coffee lovers out there. And like you, there are people that just love the experience of coffee. Of course, there's the people that are addicted to caffeine as well. And you point out that if someone's not healthy, coffee may not be the best choice. And you list some of the, you explain some of the negative effects coffee can have, like on your blood sugar, it can dehydrate you, it can be hard on your um, adrenals stuff like that. And then you focus you focus on your blends. They use basically four main herbs um, mm-hmm. that have wonderful healing properties that also have that kind of taste you were describing earlier, the bitter and the dark, and you blend them. So I was hoping you could talk a little bit about the four main herbs that you use and give us kind of a just a brief glimpse into what some of their benefits might be. Okay, sure, absolutely. Um so the main uh, the main herbs that are the base for both of the recipes, actually all five of the recipes that are included in the book, um, are uh, chicory, uh, roasted chicory root, uh, roasted dandelion root, and then I use roasted carob. Um, so those are like kind of the three base ingredients. And, you know, chicory and dandelion have been used as coffee substitutes forever. Um, you know, they were using chicory you know, it's civil war times when you couldn't get coffee beans, um, you know, chicory was and dandelion as well. Um, you know, and even if you go down into, uh, you know, Louisiana and the South, you know, chicory is often added to the coffee down there. So it's a popular coffee substitute because it has a very similar taste to coffee and, you know, taste is always subjective. So I can't guarantee that your taste buds are going to think that these blends taste just like coffee. To me, um, <laughs> the clean living blend tastes pretty close. To coffee, but to other people, it may not. It really just depends on your taste buds. Um, but all of the herbs that I use have some sort of benefit for the uh, for the digestive system and for the liver as well. So chicory and dandelion um, are, you know, considered bitter herbs, and any of the bitters help just stimulate digestion and help improve digestion. So they do have some digestive support benefits to them. Um, and then in the happy liver blend, which was my most popular blend, I used those three, um, chicory, dandelion, and roasted carob, but I also added milk thistle uh, seed and burdock root. And so both milk, milk thistle and burdock have been used as liver support um, in herbal medicine world, especially milk thistle. I mean, that's probably one of the most common herbs for liver support. 
And then burdock root um, also offers some liver support and some di- digestive health support. So mm-hmm. um, those bitter herbs are great. And we as a culture, especially here in America, we don't eat enough bitters. And, you know, we have a whole, um, you know, society filled with digestive disorders. And I think anytime we can get more bitters into our diet, um, we're definitely helping out the digestive system. So, um and then the carob, the carob just adds, um, I actually can't have chocolate. If I could have chocolate, I would have used roasted cacao in there um, mm. or, you know, I would have experiment, experimented with the chocolate, but chocolate is a migraine trigger for me. So I can't have chocolate at all, but I can tolerate carob with no problem. So that's the reason that I use carob and it gives kind of that warm, subtle, chocolatey um, flavor, kind yeah. of an undertone to it. It's not overpowering. You don't taste a ton of chocolate or anything, but it's just enough to kind of round out the chicory and the dandelion and just make it a little bit more warm um, in flavor. So so that's the kind of the overview on those ingredients. That's great. So let's pretend just for a minute <laughs> that um, – then I'm not a person who would want to make herbal coffees at home. So um, convince me that I should. <laughs> what, what would be some reasons? <laughs> well, um, you know, the whole, there's a big debate over whether coffee is good for you or coffee is bad for you. And there are people on both sides of the fence. There are health experts on both sides of the, both sides of the fence. You'll see some health gurus who say, you know, yes, drinking coffee is good for you. It provides these benefits. And then there's people that say that coffee is detrimental to your health and you should never drink it. So for me, um, I know that coffee was probably not the best for me because I was dealing with, um, you know, and I still am dealing with the, the, the trifecta of thyroid issues. Typically when you have thyroid problems, you also have adrenal fatigue issues and you have blood sugar regulation issues. And so the caffeine in coffee, um, it exacerbates those problems. Um, it spikes your blood sugar. Um, it can, you know, leave you dehydrated. It's, it, it's hard on your adrenals because anytime your blood sugar spikes, it, your adrenals have to go into overtime. So it's really kind of this um, cascade of effects that the caffeine can have. So if you're, if you're dealing with chronic health problems, caffeine and coffee may not be the best idea for you. You might consider weaning off of it. Some people can go cold turkey and other people can't. And I actually have a link in the book to a great post on how to um, wean off of coffee, Mm. you know, and keep your sanity and not lose your mind. So (laughs) that's helpful for some people. Um, And then there's also other constituents within coffee, within the coffee beans, there can sometimes be mold that people react to. Um, and there can other be other chemicals in there that are just naturally occurring chemicals that maybe um, the person reacts to. So since I can't have coffee, I, you know, I, I had eliminated coffee and chocolate and I had um, a tiny bit about six months after I had lim- eliminated it, a little bit of coffee and a little bit of um, chocolate at the same time. And I, within 30 minutes came down with a migraine. So I kind of associate coffee and chocolate being a migraine trigger for me. Um, But because Mm -hmm. I drank coffee for so long without having those problems, I don't know if something switched or if there was some sort of chemical, even a naturally occurring chemical that I was reacting to in the coffee beans. So, you know, it's it's not just the, the caffeine that can sometimes be detrimental. You could be reacting to something else that's with, that's Mm -hmm. in the coffee beans too. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So if you don't want to make your own replacements, I mean, there are lots of coffee substitutes on the market, um, but you may find that they don't give you the, uh, the taste profile that you're looking for. And then another reason that I forgot to mention earlier that I steered away from a lot of the ones um, that are, you know, currently already on the market and being sold at your health food store is because most of those are made from grains. And even the ones I was, you know, on a completely gluten-free and grain-free diet at the time, and I still am um, still strictly gluten-free because of the Hashimoto's that I have. Um, I do eat some rice and stuff now. I've introduced some of the, you know, non-gluten-containing grains back into my diet. But even the ones that are classified as gluten-free can still have a very small amount of gluten in it. It's a certain parts per million that as long as they stay under that parts per million, they can be classified as gluten-free, but they could still have a small amount. So depending on how sensitive you are, you may react to that gluten, even though it's a very, very teeny tiny amount in there. Mm-hmm. So for me, when I discussed that with my practitioner at the time, she said, I really would feel more comfortable if you just avoided anything containing gra- grains or um, potential gluten you know, completely. So that was another main reason that I developed these because these are all made from herbs, non-gluten containing herbs. Um, so they're completely safe for people who have gluten allergies. So mm-hmm. that's great. Um, so what about that leads me right into, cause you mentioned the whole issue of coffee and mold and ingredients and stuff. So when we get your recipes and we're sourcing our chicory or dandelion or milk thistle or whatnot, um, what can you tell us about sourcing quality herbs? Because isn't that an issue? And how can we find the best? It is. Um, I share my favorite brands in the book, the one that I always come back to. And so I think the biggest thing when you're sourcing herbs is you want to make sure that you're getting organic herbs and that they're sustainably harvested. So you want to make sure that, you know, the company is being ethical. They're sourcing their herbs from you know, clean sources that are being sustainable, practicing organic, um, you know, farming practices and everything. So, and then once you identify the brands that are, you know, providing this, that kind of service or that kind of quality, um, you'll want to just kind of experiment with taste. So taste, everything comes back to taste for me. Um, and I have tried almost every brand of herb, like a bulk herb, because of course I was buying everything, you know, like, a hundred pounds of chicory at a time. And <laughs> so I was buying in bulk. So any place that I could buy bulk herbs, I tried their herbs just to see what the taste was like. So I tried a whole bunch of different brands, you know, all the brands out there that were selling bulk herbs. I wanted to give them a try and see if I could find the ones that tasted the best to me. And so after a lot of experimenta- experimentation, I, um, you know, I always came back to one brand because the taste was always superior in the, 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 um, the scent, even the smell of the herbs when you open up a bag. Um, I remember getting burdock root from one company and I opened up the bag and it smelled horrible, absolutely <laughs> terrible. I didn't even want to use it because it smelled so bad. So um, I really taste is going to be a big thing. So when you're sourcing herbs, you first you want to make sure that you're getting organic and they're sourcing from their sources sustainably and ethically. But then you want to just experiment um, you know, I am totally open. I've shared the brands that I prefer, but you know, if you find another brand that you like better then by all means go with it. So start off buying just a little bit from each company if you want to experiment and then see which ones resonate with you the most. So, um, it really comes down to kind of the taste profile that fits what you want. Um, these, these blends are 
totally customizable as far as um, they don't have to be made, you know, if you want to add more chicory to one and you want to add less carob or if you want to use cocoa and, instead of carob, then right. you're welcome to do that. So, you know, right. suit your taste buds because this is your healing journey. I want to give you the framework so that you can, you know, you know, relieve some stress. But if you find ways that you <laughs> want to tweak it, um, you know, by all means, go for it because this is, this is helping you. This is about you. So, Great. Okay, so I before we're we're close to being out of time, but there was something I really wanted to talk about because as I'm skimming your book, you know, covering all the great introductory information, and then your um, five core recipes. I think you said there are five. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's there's then, two that I was selling, and then there's three um, that hadn't been three released new. yet. Yeah. So then after that. <laughs> I found this beautiful section called Your Personal Coffee Shop. And um, I think it's fantastic because, you know, around, oh, I don't know, the fall or even the summer, there's always like a really popular Starbucks drink, right? And was it last mm-hmm. year when it was the pumpkin spice latte? And oh, so yes. you just, you look at it and you think, oh, that would be so good, but I can't for whatever reason, you know, whether it's the sugar or whether it's their chemical ingredients or whether it's the caffeine. But we all on this healing journey, we all have our different reasons for thinking we probably shouldn't be drinking that. And <laughs> to say nothing about the 80-20 rule, if you're fairly healthy and you give in now, then I no judgment on that. But here's the thing, um, DIY Herbal Coffees, Jessica's book, has a whole section that's called Your Personal Coffee Shop where she has a pumpkin spice latte and she has all kinds of others. So I, I was hoping you would um, walk us through some of your favorites in that section um, and just give us an idea of some of the recipes that people could be making using the, the base coffee and then you turn it into a, you know, like a coffee shop drink. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So yeah, that's, you know, my Starbucks addiction, I was not addicted to just going and getting a, you know, a cup of black coffee and putting some cream and sugar in it. I was addicted to getting, you know, hazelnut lattes and the pump. I was a pumpkin spice latte fanatic, one of my favorites. And there's, you know, they have like a, um, it was a salted caramel something. Oh, and there was, I mean, that's there's all right these up fancy- my alley. <laughs> Exactly. There's all these fancy drinks. And so, um, you know, I enjoy just uh, a good cup of coffee with cream in it every now and then. But, you know, sometimes you want something more of a treat. So I I worked on recreating some of my favorites. So, yeah, we have a pumpkin spice latte. Um, There is um, like a caramel macchiato recreation. Uh, You've got... um, Oh, the new one, I created new, some new recipes for this, this book specifically. So I've added, there's a s'mores latte um, mm. in there that has, um, you would use, I mean, you can use any marshmallows you want, but I, I link to a recipe for homemade marshmallows if you want to do that to kind of make it a little bit more healthy. So there's, um, there's the hot drink, so great for fall and winter. Um, or if you like to drink hot beverages during the summer, all, by all means. But I've also included some frozen ones. Um, there's, a there's like an orange mocha, a frozen, like Frappuccino style. Um, there's like an iced hazelnut lattes during the summer. The iced hazelnut lattes from Starbucks were one of my favorites. Um, so you've got, you know, hot, cold and iced, um, that you can make. So, and again, just like the, the base recipes, you can create your own favorites, you know, just using 
healthier sweeteners, um, some stevia, right. if you're tolerating maple syrup or honey or whatever your favorite, you know, cut a whole food sweetener is. Um, and you can use heavy cream if you're tolerating dairy or half and half, or you just use coconut milk or almond milk. So you really can customize them to whatever dietary style you are on um, and, and come up with your own favorites too. You may decide that you want to add a splash of this kind of flavoring extract and a little bit of that and you'll create some pretty amazing stuff. So <laughs> what I like to do for, um, especially for the cold ones, is I like to brew my base blend. So like the clean living um, blends, I usually make that by the half gallon and then I just store it in the fridge so that it's already cold. Um, so I can easily make an ice drink or a frozen drink and um, it's already pre-made. It's fast. You know, it's, it's almost as fast as just walking right into Starbucks and grabbing a cup of coffee and it's much cheaper and much better for you. <laughs> so um, it'll keep in the fridge for, you know, seven to 10 days. Uh, so you can make however much you want for the week and then you already have it done. And you can even just reheat it on the stove and create whatever hot drink you want as well. So I wanted to create, recreate that coffee shop experience because if you're not going to drink coffee, then why go to a coffee shop? But sometimes going to coffee shops is fun. So now you can just recreate that in your own home. So, And they are lovely, beautiful recipes. You guys will love them. So we're going to wrap up here. I just want, I want to say two things. Number one, I just want to thank you, Jessica, not only for being my guest today, but recently you had that major turning point. What are you going to do with your proprietary recipes? You could have sold them to another company. We could be paying the premium for the blends, but instead you chose to package them up into a digital ebook that we all could purchase and that we can have for the rest of our lives and save money over the long term by making use of these recipes in our homes. And I know that I and everybody else who's listening, we're all kind of DIY frugal types. Not that we aren't willing to pay somebody else to do something, you know, certain things, but I think we all appreciate recipes mm-hmm. more than anything. So right? thank you so much for making that choice. I feel like you really had our best interests at heart. Oh, thank so you. That means a lot. Thank you. This is a fantastic book, and I know you're all um, really interested. So we have a special. Jessica has a special, actually, because the book just came out on Monday, August 17th. And so for the first two weeks, it's on sale for 25% off. So you're listening to this podcast within those two weeks. So if you make a purchase um, by Monday, August 31st, you'll get 25% off. And the info is at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash herbal coffee. That'll take you right to the book page. Or if you want to visit the show notes, and um, I've got a collage there waiting for you of some of the um, coffee shops, in quotations, <laughs> coffee shop um, <laughs> beverages there for you. So you can see a couple, uh, a selection from the book. That's at the show notes, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 125. Jessica, any last words before we end? No, I think we've covered it all. I just really appreciate you um, having me on your show and letting me talk about this. And I'm I'm really excited about, you know, the book launch and, and being able to share these recipes with everybody else and helping them improve their healing journey as well. So I appreciate the opportunity. You are so welcome. I Like I said before, I feel like you are helping us all out. And there are certain things in life that I love and about food and I don't think I've ever been addicted to caffeine, but I certainly love the coffee experience like you. And I really haven't been able to indulge it all these years. So I'm looking forward, thanks to your book, to being able to indulge it, especially this coming fall and winter. And I think 
that your blends are going to make a huge difference in my family. I'm planning to brew either your clean live, your clean living or your happy liver in the half gallon like you do so that we can awesome. just enjoy it. I think that makes so much sense. I love batch cooking. <laughs> anyway, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Same time. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Okay. Well, thanks. And remember everybody, the book is at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash herbal coffee or the show notes at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash one, two, five. Bye-bye, Jessica. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope to see you again very soon. Let me tell you what you can do next. You can visit the show notes for this episode. Just go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash, and then without a space, type the number of this episode. You'll get links and much more information about what we've been talking about. You can submit questions for future episodes. I love to answer your questions on the air, so go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash questions to submit them. You can stop by traditionalcookingschool.com to get five free traditional cooking videos from me. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the podcast app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Know Your Food with Wardy while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop or laptop, go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash iTunes right in your browser. And while you're there, please leave a rating or review. I love to read your comments and your feedback makes it much more likely that other people will find this podcast. Thank you so much.